Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Everyone, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast, presented by our friends at ProTaper. Uh, this is Don Maeda calling in remote from Whistler, Canada. We're joined by uh, Mike Antonovich, our man on the scene, and also, also Chase Curtis, our video editor. Alex Ray is kidnapped, and Steve Mathis is uh, Honda Ridgeline at the moment and uh, is unable to join today as he is uh, doing some other show tonight. But uh, Anton, you just got home from Bud's. I'm assuming it was super humid there because it seems to always be. And uh, the racing was pretty good, yeah? Oh, yeah. By far the hottest race that we've had so far this year. Um, and if you've ever been to Bud's Creek, it's in a hole. You know, so there is no there is no wind that comes through there. The only trees that are around happen to be around the perimeter of the track. Uh, there's very little shade, like, in the center of it, and then that's just a wind block. So there's never any air that comes through there, so it just gets real stale. Mm-hmm. And then with the amount of rain that they had in the days leading up to the race, uh, a lot of rain Thursday night, a lot of rain on Friday. Um, I mean, they even cut one section of the track because they couldn't get the equipment over there to prep it. Um, so oh, wow. then all of that moisture just starts coming out of the ground first thing Saturday morning. Like as soon as the sun came up, you could just feel it. So you're in just like a nice sauna the whole entire day there. And then <laughs> direct sun. And then for photos, it sucks because like it's that sand, but clay. So it's kind of green, but it's kind of red. So then everything just like, yeah, it, it's a tough one. But uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> Racing was great. Man, like, have you noticed? Hey, when you're shooting photos, have you noticed when it's super humid, your light readings are off? Wait, yeah, it's weird. Like, and yeah, it's weird. It, this is one of those days that I'm even like looking at stuff now and I'm like, man, this is going to be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my, uh, I've got a couple good memories of Bud's Creek. One, the first place I ever saw David Bullman in person. It was, uh, I can't remember the year, but it was the USGP. And I felt really sorry for Jonathan Beasley because it was really poorly attended. But uh, I remember uh, I was there, and Ross, my brother Ross, was on the opposite side of the track, and uh, David Bullman rode by and powered up a hill by us, and you know his crazy elbows down, super body English style. I just remember we both looked at him, and I, I looked at Ross, and I did my hand and slapped it with my other hand as if you know, like how uh, you know you see the Indian guys. With cobras, how they slap the head and then yeah, the cobra yeah. spreads its mouth. <laughs> I was doing that with my hand, and we were laughing like, "Oh, it's a cobra." Yeah, but uh, that's my uh, first memory there. And then obviously my best is watching uh, Ryan Villapoto spank everybody at the Motocross of Nations on the 250F. That was like a day. I don't think I'll ever forget. It's pretty awesome. We, you, you weren't there, did you? You saw that, though, right? Yeah, I saw it, but I wasn't there. How was that? Okay, I've always wondered this. Anytime I go to that race. How packed was it? Because I look around and I see it, and it's like an interesting-looking track, so I could only imagine that many people being there because it's 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 not like Redbud where it's really big and open. It was it was packed. Like, all the up and down hills, like, the, the sides of the course were lined. And, um, yeah, there were so many people there. I mean, it was really hard to get around that year. But uh, also that year, I was super stoked to see Cairoli, right? 
Wales when he yeah. was dominating everything. Oh and, yeah. Uh, he just wasn't a he wasn't any match for RV. And then oh. I remember RV walking around after the race with a white fur coat on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask him someday. Like, what was that about? But uh, yeah, that was that was really awesome there. I remember about that whole Team Italy thing when they came here. They didn't get the bikes out of impound because they put that cheese mm-hmm. and they didn't cheese declare and it. Uh-huh, yeah. and they didn't declare it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. I mean, I like Bud's Creek and all. Uh, it's it's really cool. And then there, it's an easy track to watch everything from that I never realized before. Mm-hmm. I just stopped on one of the hills on Saturday and watched that 450 Moto 2 for a minute. And I was just like, whoa, you can see everything from one spot. The only thing you don't see is what happens on the backside of each hill. Yeah, and then is that is that the track where uh, Cincerello made his pro debut? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I remember that. I was there for that day as well. I remember, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of shocked. I thought he was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was when he was like sick and all that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was so, a good uh, day. It was a good race, and I was pumped to see Martin win. Is he the winningest two fifty rider this year now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, right? Three, yeah. So how did that go down? Did he look super fast in the second moto? Checked out from everyone, yeah? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That um, The first moto, not really in contention as much because Justin just, like, took off. Like, as soon as he got to start, like, mm-hmm. 250 moto one, he checked out. And even though he, you know, gave up some time there in the middle, he was flawless, uh, except for the one mistake. But, yeah, he, he took off. And then Jeremy, you know, big turnaround for the second moto, and then Justin was just off a little bit. Uh, and then Jet was steady all day. So it was a good, even matchup between those guys. I mean, four different dudes on the podium in that class between two motos and then four different guys on the podium in the 450 class between two motos. I mean, how can you beat that? Yeah. Yeah. It's getting tight, huh? Didn't, didn't Cooper lose another point or two Yeah. this weekend? Yeah, yep. just one. So, I mean, it's single. I mean, it's really like only a handful of points with a few motos left to go. And even I asked Jet yeah. about it. Um, you know, how is it to be in a title fight at this point? And it's starting to like weigh on him. I wouldn't say in a bad way, but it's something he's acutely aware of all the time. I want to say it's the difference between first and second place now in points. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty damn close like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. yeah. And it's been interesting to see because the Cooper like turnaround and I guess he's been sick. So I think that that plays a little bit of a part into it. Like maybe that explains the lack of energy in the second motos because, uh, especially this weekend, that would have been a, a hot one to go through and then have to bounce back from and then go do it again when you don't feel well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, good for him to score, you know, top five points and everything like that, but he needs to get that figured out, especially as we come into these last few and Jet seems to be on a roll. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, <clears throat> 450 class is pretty gnarly too, huh? There's even points on the day for uh, Dylan and Ken. But, uh, man, Dylan put on a charge in that first moto, didn't he? Yeah, and, and yeah. from way back, too. Yeah, I will say, though, Ken's opening lap was insane, that first moto. Yeah. I think it was, uh, what, the fastest lap of the day, I believe, still, right? Yeah, and, I mean, he would have gotten it right when the track was fresh, you know, because yeah. it, it was so it was so um, wet in the morning sessions, and they didn't rip it too deep, so it had a real slick base. And then other spots would be just super technical and rutted. So by about that time, they had the track figured out and all the lines cut in. And then as the day got later on, then it just got hammered down. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 
I was surprised to see him. Well, not surprised, because I mean, every win is amazing, but like how stoked Fernandez was after he won the second moto in the overall. Yeah. I, the first yeah, moto. I think that's. Go ahead, Chase. Go ahead, Anton. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chase. Yeah. I, I was going to say, uh, I think that's just something cool about Fernandez, as you can see. I mean, he's said it a couple of times this year on the podium. Like, he's genuinely stoked to be even racing with those guys. So, yeah. I think just when he wins like that, it's just pure emotion because he he's probably feeling uh, surreal that he's even up there battling with those guys, yet alone winning. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that, pretty crazy because I, I expected that guy to be such a uh, contender in Supercross. And he, you know, he got that one podium, but then struggled the rest of the time. And then now he's just waxing everybody that, that clearly dominant guy in the four for the outdoors i think that's uh surprising i'd say yeah and if you look at the like the season as a whole the ken's you know off day at washougal and then the dnf at at spring creek you can see where that plays a part because you know he has more moto wins and everything than dylan does but dylan's made it count when it needed to hi swap moto live listeners this is alex martin at Arai, every helmet is handcrafted with dedication to pursue gains and protection, and that is exactly why I choose to race in an Arai helmet. This lifeblood of obsession with protection is driven by a single shareholder and runs through every person who builds an Arai helmet. This is what sets Arai apart. This is Arai. Have you heard that Yoshimura is now making bicycle components? That's right. Their first product to market, the Chileo Pedal, was over two years in development and now they're ready for your mountain bike or BMX bike. Made in the USA and available in two sizes, you have to see these masterpieces of machining to appreciate them. They're most likely the last pedals you'll ever need for your bicycle. Now shipping worldwide. Check them out at YoshimuraCycling.com. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next, cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-shirt printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaTshirtPrinters.com. 
hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at guiltlessfoodco.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about this last week, but do you think Dylan is in the protection mode? You uh, still don't think he is? I don't think he is. Obviously, to, he won. To do that quad kind of yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I don't Dude. think he cares right now. I think he's sending it. Yeah, if he yeah. cased that thing, uh, it could have been a season ender for sure so like it wasn't that much bigger because if you saw them over jump the triple a little bit you could see where they were landing in the pocket up the face of that last little roller so i'm sure right. that on a 450 you could be like okay i could go a little bit faster because the fate like the run up to that jump is so long and so big that if you were catching the right line and you were you know willing to send it i could see where like oh okay this might even be a little easier but oh my god so i've never seen anybody do that before there yeah yeah, I'm so glad a couple people captured it because if I had heard that he popped out a quad and never saw it, I would have been really, really bummed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did did they miss it on the TV broadcast? It was just oh, yeah. media. Yeah, they caught it on wow. the like the overhead the drone footage, but then people that were and then DV pointed it out, and then more clips of it have started to pop up in the last two days. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Where do you get the mindset to do something that big? In the middle yeah, of a race right. that you haven't tried first. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So uh, anything else, Anton, like uh, silly season things or MXA, MXON things? Uh, I'm thinking we're about 50-50 on MXON happening. Um, 
No way. Yeah, I think as a whole. Happening. I I think as a oh. as a whole, I think like fifty fifty on Team USA at this point. You know, they're everybody's working on it, but more and more people are saying that they're not going to be able to go now. Um, you know, the Lawrence brothers are both out because of visa issues. Uh, if they leave, uh-huh. it's you know a big. It'll be a big procedure there. And then um, without them being able to go there and they're not really being very other many candidates from Australia able to go, who knows what's going to happen with that team at all now. Uh, the Team USA guys well, Michael are... Michael Byrne's going to dust the helmet off. I, Burner could probably still do it. Byrne, Reed, and Reardon. <laughs> uh, that could happen. I could see that happening. The vet designations. Uh, yeah. So they're in that position now. Uh, Team USA is trying to go. The announcement was supposed to be you know, usually at Unadilla, and then it got pushed back another week to Buds, and then now it's going to get pushed back to Paula. Um, so everybody's wow. still making an effort to go. Like, everything is in place. I know gear has been ordered. I know graphics and all that stuff. Bikes are ready. Mm-hmm. But now it's a kind of waiting game to see what's going to happen with the last part of the MXGP season. Um, mm-hmm. And with more and more people saying they're not going to go now. You know, France has announced wow. their team, but France's team is down two guys because they're two title contenders for championships over there. Um, Prado's out, Geyser's out. Like it's kind of losing a little bit of its steam a bit. Mm-hmm. And well, what Ferrandez and Muscan pass? Uh, Muscan's in, but Ferrandez passed because they can't. They can't because of um, the star move. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. You know, it's funny is when they think about all this international travel and issues and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was super stressed. Okay, guys, listening, I'm I'm taking a little vacation. I'm up in Canada riding uh, at Whistler Downhill Park. I was stressed, right, like, uh, about getting in and having all the paperwork, and I had to get a test and all that stuff. And, you know, okay, so, A, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not a pro-vaxxer. I just I did the vaccine because my kids are super scared of everything, and they begged me to do it. So I did it a while ago. I didn't get sick. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I did it. But, uh, you know, the vaccine card has a barcode on it and then numbers and everything, right? So I fully expected to come through customs or immigration and have them check my numbers and pull up some database that it was a real card. But uh, so there's this app called Arrive Canada that you have to download and upload a picture of your card and the dates that you got your first and second shot and all that. And yeah, I did all that. But like, it was so easy getting in. Like, they, you had to get a COVID test 72 hours before and show a negative result. But like, that's just a, a email from someone, right? And like, I I could create an account on Gmail and call it corona covid testing and email myself and write the same thing but it was like so easy to get in and it just makes me wonder how hard it really is to travel internationally right now yeah i don't and it's kind of seeming like what's going to happen with europe um if they're going to make a like a mandatory vaccine or something because i've heard a lot of that stuff kind of being a topic of people being worried about it but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know like, for you even to get up there, Canada's been by far, I think, like, one of the hardest places to get into and out of. Because all the guys that raced, yeah. like, U.S. racers that did the Canadian series, they had to quarantine for two weeks yeah, as they, soon as they got like, there. <laughs> Richard Taylor and uh, Ryan Surratt had to stay in that camper in the woods for two weeks, remember? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there's still even a lot of guys that, like, had to do it this summer before they went up there. Yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, that's a bummer if it doesn't happen. 
mean, obviously, we're all looking forward to more cross nations like we are every year. I know my our resident European Anton, you're looking forward to going, right? Oh yeah, I couldn't wait. I was even like, how could I tie in a few more? Because it's you know it's happening in the middle of their season, and then when they come back from this break they're going to have to stack up multiple races on top of each other to finish it out. So it doesn't sound like the flyaway mm. races are happening. It really, it seems like even for any European-based race series, uh, F1 is even a little shaky, and so is MotoGP. Like, them trying to do the flyaway stuff to go to Southeast Asia or South America isn't going to happen either. And I'm like, well, maybe I can go and, like, squeeze in one or two more GPs if they're going to happen seven <laughs> days after. And who knows? Oh, you know, like, who knows what, what we'll be able to do at all. Um, and I'll be interested to see what their end-of-year schedule looks like when they come back from the summer break. But the good news for us, you know, if you spent if you spent three weeks in Europe, your blood pressure would be so high from all the espresso. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do my schedule would be so thrown off. Yeah, but uh, the good wow. news for us is uh, Hangtown is going to happen. Uh, Roy Jansen from MX Sports made that a very big point during the Saturday morning mm-hmm. safety meeting. So you know we're going to finish out the U.S. Pro, Mo- uh, Pro Motocross Championship as planned. So this weekend in Indiana mm-hmm. and then Paula and then Hangtown. So good to hear that because, you know, we'd been talking about this f- for like a month now of is Hangtown going to happen? Or yeah. Not. Yeah. That's good. To wow. Hear. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, so areas night. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, like it just kind of seems like everything's waiting to fall in place now. Like all of these silly season deals that we've been wondering about is just waiting for them to be announced now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm still blown away that McElrath signed that ride. Has any word on Bogle or Savachi? Um, Savachi might stay there now, but it seems like that uh-huh. that's possible, but I don't think Bogle is, no. So, I know you're tied with Bogle. Is he going to find another ride, or will he retire? No, he'll find another ride. Yeah, I th- he wants to keep going yeah. for a while longer. And, like, him and he told me this a few weeks ago. Him and Jimmy Button are trying to work out a thing to make him – you know, keep him active, even if he only races Supercross only or only does whatever. He still wants to be like, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he and he totally could too. You know, be a free ride yeah. guy, do social clips, be a brand rep. He has enough of a following mm-hmm. for that. Hey, whatever yeah. happened to Doc X? That that energy drink that he he rode for. I don't know because I it's a Midwest thing. I saw it around here for like a little bit, like up north, mm-hmm. uh, Iowa and stuff like that, but never down here. And then I don't see anything about it at all now. Mm-hmm. But that was like a wow. totally regional thing. Yeah. Real quick about the silly season stuff. It sounds I've been hearing a lot of whispers in the last couple of weeks. It sounds like uh, the the boost in sales in our industry is actually finally starting to kind of go to the racing side and benefit that. I've heard of a couple teams that are now maybe either uh, – adding another rider to their roster and maybe some other teams like I've heard club MX is thinking about doing a 450 position or a spot for the entire season. So that'd be good to see. Yeah, that would be good. Hmm. Yeah. And especially as we get to this time of the year, like this is when those good B level teams like, Hey, yeah, this is when they start to make their push to get guys. Yeah. Hmm. Any new teams on the horizon? Um, I don't think this year. I think maybe yeah. I think that beta thing is going to take a little bit longer. Yeah. Okay. What do you hear about the Triumph? Anything? Uh, twenty three. Anything new? Like twenty three bike? Yeah. Yeah. 
Pat Foster wanted us to wait for the triumph before we did our shootout. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> healthy. oh man. So, uh, so last week, uh, on a non-racing, uh, subject last week, we, uh, we did the 2022 Yamaha intro and, uh, rode the 250F and the 450F and those, uh, videos will be up on Wednesday at 9am. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. Got to, uh, work with our longtime buddy, Rich Taylor, uh, owner of X-Brand Goggles. Brought him back into the fold as uh, Pat Foster's on the DL for six months, I think, probably. Maybe a little bit longer. Uh, what was that like over RT? It was the first time for you, right? What was that? <laughs> what was up. that like for you to... Oh, am I? What was that like for you to work with uh, Rich Taylor last year? Or last week for the first time? It was good. I had... Oh, no. I had worked with him a couple years ago, right before he did the slip, but oh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I want to say the last time was maybe a KTM intro at Paula or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Uh, it was funny because first thing he said to me was that he hadn't been riding in, at all. And so <laughs> we went out and did all the shooting necessary right away because he didn't want a, any footage of him looking sloppy at the end of the day. <laughs> Man, sorry about all the noise, guys. I mean, all of this janitors and Kawasaki mules driving by and delivery guys with uh, carts. But uh, anyway, what's it like? It's it's, it's uh, overcast and cold up here. And uh, I heard California supposed to be like 100 and something this week. Yeah, well, yesterday was like probably the nicest day we've had in, man, I'd say six months or so. It was like 79 degrees at 2.30. It's crazy. And then uh, this morning was pretty cold, and I think it's just now in the 80s. But yeah, it looks like it'll be like 102 by Thursday or something like that. So it's gonna heat up. Yeah, it's supposed to be in the hundreds for our uh, Terra Firma Series finale at Glen Helen next Sunday, right? Oh yeah, what would a Glen Helen race be without 100 degree weather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I have uh, I have downhill runs on my mind. Uh, can we can we clip this podcast at this point, or is there more to talk about? Oh, you're the boss. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've gone up the hill twice, uh, once now, one and a half because we went back up the halfway point. But the the Scott Gambler that I rented, the rear brake completely goes away and braking bumps. So I think there's an air bubble. But yeah, yeah. Ironically, the braking bumps make the brakes go out. So. My bike's getting fixed right now. We head back up. Try not to uh, kill myself this next three days, guys. If you're listening and I don't make it, it's been a pleasure working with the guys to create Saltmore Live, and uh, always remember me with a smile. <laughs> you you can control your own fate, you know. So just back <laughs> down, please. I, I I told Steve and Boyd, do not resuscitate, because I'm going to go out with a smile. Okay. Well, we'll work on getting the body back over the border. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Sorry that uh, Alex has been kidnapped by uh, Mathis in Vegas. I may have to write a story about the uh, four degrees of separation with Steve and uh, someone else at some point then to get him back. But uh, we'll talk to you next week after uh, Ironman National. Thanks for listening. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, 
innovative and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.